welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Puck House Podcast. And we got a lot to talk about today. We are going to be diving into the Morgan Riley suspension, Morgan Riley's cross check to the face on Ridley Gregg. All my thoughts about that are coming up later in the episode. We are going to go through an updated edition of updated list of the 10 we are going to be doing a retro redraft. We're going to take a look to at the standings and how it compares to how the standings have been at this point in the league, at this point in the in the season over the last 10 years in in the league. We're going to be talking about all this and more on this episode of the Puck House Podcast. All right, now we're going to move into the roundup and we got to dive into the big story of the week across the NHL. Yes, we are going to be talking about Morgan Riley. We're going to talk about Morgan Riley's cross check. So if you didn't see what happened, this was in the game on Saturday, last Saturday, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Ottawa Senators, Ridley Gregg. Uh, in the final seconds of the game, was in all alone with the empty net staring at him. Ridley Gregg, there's like six seconds left. He winds up and slap shots at home into the empty net um, to seal the deal and secure the Ottawa Senators' win. Now, after that, Morgan Riley goes and cross-checks Ridley Gregg in the face uh, causing a big, you know, big kind of line brawl, not, not, not a line brawl, but a big kind of scrum there. And Ridley Gregg was down for a bit. I believe he ended up practicing not that long after, but Morgan Riley was handed a five game suspension by the NHL. Now, he is appealing it, and that was scheduled. The appeal was scheduled today. Um, as I am recording this, I have not heard anything about whether his suspension has been reduced or not. I am just going to share with you what I know as of now. And that is, as it stands right now, Morgan Riley has been suspended five games. By the time I put out this episode, it could have changed. But as of now, I can tell I can tell you he has been suspended for five games. So I'm gonna give you my thoughts about that about that play. Now, Ridley Gregg, okay, Ridley Gregg, first of all, initially it was kind of like it kind of the slap shot there into the empty net. It sort of reminds me of kind of like the slam dunk to kind of seal the deal on on the game. Like it's it's kind of unnecessary to to do that, you know, like, but I mean, yeah, Morgan Riley had a, a right, I think, to kind of, I mean, confront him about it because that's not the most sportsmanlike uh, move there by Ridley Gregg slap shotting it into the empty net like that. But you didn't, that, that was unnecessary by Morgan Riley to have to, to go and cross check him in the face like that I would have I would have you know if if that was if I was Morgan Riley you know and I I wouldn't have been happy either if 
a guy like that did that, I would have I would have confronted him. You know, I would have kind of you know, I don't know, like you know, you know, do something that gets it. Like I don't know, two minutes for roughing penalty. Just not not you know. Not even like drop the gloves with the guy, just like, you know, like, you know. I'm trying I'm trying to word it, but my point is is that what he did was was unnecessary. On both ends, what both players did was unnecessary. Now the five games, I would say I would say I I, I agree with it. I think it's a fair a fair suspension. You want to put the you want to put the hammer down you know and prevent you know future things like this happening and because I mean you you look at it too I mean there's there's factors that Ridley Gregg he was not injured that is a big thing they look at and another thing is prior suspension history Morgan Riley does not have any prior suspension history I mean this was a this offense was was a serious offense, I would say, you know. But five games, five games seems fair because I feel like partially to Ridley Gregg instigated it, you know, by slap-shotting it into the empty net. When I saw it, too, it sort of reminded me, too, of I think it was 1993, I want to say, Pierre Turgeon. Pierre Turgeon and Dale Hunter. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, it was like a 4-1 game, I think, for the Islanders. Pierre Turgeon went in on a breakaway, made it 5-1. And kind of, you know, he didn't do anything, really. And Dale Hunter kind of comes in and just, you know, just bodies bodies Pierre Turgeon. Pierre Turgeon ended up getting injured, I believe, on the play. Um but he was suspended. Dale Hunter was suspended 20 games for that, I believe. One of the longest suspensions in NHL history. So, yeah, it's not the same. It is not the same because, you know, Pierre Turgeon wasn't, like, looking for that. He didn't instigate anything. Dale Hunter just went in and just, you know, probably really frustrated and, you know, which, unacceptable, unacceptable. But, yeah, five games I think is fair. Ridley Gregg instigated it. You know, he is not – he's not innocent in this. You know, he he was lo- he was looking for something, I think. I don't think he was looking for that. But he was looking for something. He was looking for a confrontation there. That's what he, he – was, he was looking for something. You know, I think he was more prepared to drop the gloves or, you know, kind of – get into a little scrum at the end. I think that's what he he was looking for something there. But I don't think he was looking for, you know, a cross check to the face. Don't think he was expecting it. So, yeah, I think I think you have the right to confront him about it after that kind of cuz yeah, that that ain't the classiest move there by Ridley Gregg. But to go and cross-check him in the face was completely unnecessary. And you're hurting your team. You're hurting your team more than by doing that. You know, you take a, you know, even if you drop, even if you like drop the gloves with Ridley Gregg, that's not going to do anything. Okay, you get to play the next game and all that. You are missing 
a few games now in a critical point in the season where you are sitting in a wild card spot right now. You're hurt you're hurting your team. You're hurting your team. That's who you are really really hurting in this. So, I mean, yeah. Um yeah, the appeal is was scheduled today. Don't know how that uh went. I'm actually going to see if there's any updates on it as we speak. There is no update on that yet. So, but yeah, that was the big story, big, big story of the week. The Ridley Gregg, Morgan Riley thing. I've heard lots of different takes on this. It t- it took up so much, like, took so much. I've never seen, like, a some sort of suspension like this get so much media coverage. It's, like, it's, it's, cra- it's crazy, you know? And, like, I was, because I was, I was watching TSN the other night, and, like, almost half the show, half of the hour show... Sports Center was debating the whole Morgan Riley suspension thing. That was like half the show. It was like, you know, and yeah. Uh yeah, Morgan Riley, that that's this is his first suspension of his career. He's played for over 10 years. I remember him back in his Moose Jaw Warriors days. Yeah, Moose Jaw Warriors, but um yeah, five games. I think it's a fair suspension. I mean, we'll have to see what happens with the appeal when that when that comes out. So you probably check check it on social media if it's out. It'd probably be pretty much everywhere. But as of now, as I'm recording this, there is no update on that. So as it stands, five game suspension for Morgan Riley for his cross check on Ridley Gregg. Connor Bedard made his return last night, Thursday night, uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He has been out for a couple weeks with a jaw injury, and I believe what happened, kind of the timeline, yesterday morning they said they were going to check on Connor Bedard, and he could possibly play play uh, in the evening against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then I saw the Blackhawks post something about that whole the first game of the first game of the year when they had the ref mic'd up was like Sidney Crosby welcome back and Connor welcome to the NHL buddy and so they they posted that or saying like that using that like clip which it's like Bedard is back Bedard is back in the lineup and the Chicago Blackhawks could really use him as the Blackhawks have been struggling without him um, but unfortunately, the Bedard return, um, yeah, that Bedard return party was crashed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins won 4-1. to one. Connor Bedard did record an assist on Chicago's only goal, goal that goal coming from Philip Kurashev. Sidney Crosby scored two goals in that game. Ricard Raquel and Marcus Peterson had two assists. Uh, Riley Smith got a goal in there as well. Yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins, a 4-1 win in uh, Connor Bedard's return. But Connor Bedard, he is back. And that's great to have, you know, him back. It's it's really unfortunate that he had to miss the All-Star game. You want a guy like that. You want a guy, you know, who you've been marketing so heavily like Bedard to be playing in that All-Star game. But, I mean, next year, next year he'll be... In it, wait, 
There is no All-Star game next year. I just from Oh, the Four Nations Face-Off is next year. Yes. The Four Nations Face-Off. Could we have... Could we have a line... Crosby, McDavid, and Bedard. Oh, that would be just... That would be just amazing to see to see that line, you know. That's just that's the thing that's so great about best on best hockey that we're gonna get. Uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun. That's gonna be a lot of fun next year, the Four Nations face off. But yeah, Connor Bedard is back. Alright, now we're gonna move into another edition of Redraft. Yes, we're bringing Redraft back. Uh, at least for this week. Uh, I found a good... Uh, I talked about how it might be fun to go back and do a retro redraft or two. Uh, we did this. We did this weekly. We went from the 2000 NHL entry draft all the way up till 2019, I believe. So if you want to go watch some previous episodes, you might, you know, see this segment pop up. But I wanted to do a retro redraft today. And the retro redraft we are going to be doing is the 1988 NHL entry draft. I just thought this draft class was loaded. This top 10 that we're going to rearrange, reorder to create our redraft uh, was just stacked with Hall of Famers in here some phenomenal players so we're gonna dive right into it with our first overall pick now the first overall pick this year went to the minnesota north stars which are now the dallas stars uh they originally took mike madano first overall now mike madano phenomenal phenomenal player but he is not going to go first overall in our redraft instead the Minnesota North Stars are going to select Timu Solani. The Finnish Flash, Timu Solani, is going to go first overall in our redraft. Timu Solani, absolute, absolute legend of the game. His longevity was incredible. Timu Solani, uh, his rookie season, his rookie season bursting onto the, onto the NHL scene the way, the way he did. 76, 76 goals, uh, just shattered the rookie goals record. Uh, his goals and points record still stand to this day for a rookie, 132 points, 76 goals. Timu Solani, 684 goals total, 773 assists for 1,457 points. Timu Solani is going to go in our number one spot. Now at number two, not far, not far behind, uh, the Vancouver Canucks have that second overall pick. They originally took Trevor Linden. Again, very solid player. Canucks legend. Uh, but the Vancouver Canucks are not going to take him. Instead, they are going to select Mike Madano. Mike Madano. So the first, the original first overall pick gets bumped down to number two in our redraft. Mike Madonna also played for a very, very long time. 
1,499 games total. He would have had over 1,500 if it wasn't for Mike Babcock uh, benching him down the in the final few games of the season. Uh, just, yeah, we're, we're not going to get too much into Yeah, we kind of, yeah. Um, Mike Madano, uh, yeah, Minnesota North Stars, Dallas Stars legend. Uh, 561 goals, 813 assists for 1,374 points. Trying to think, is he still, he's still the all-time American points leader, right? Or did Patrick Kane, I feel like Patrick Kane broke one of his, like, records. I don't think it was points, though. But I believe he holds... I believe he holds the record for most points by an American-born player. I feel... Does Patrick Kane... No, no. I was trying to think of... But point being, Mike Madano is an absolute American hockey legend. Mike Madano is going to go number two in our redraft. And uh, I believe Prince Albert Raiders... Uh, Prince Albert Raiders legend... I believe here, yes, the Prince Albert Raiders legend. Nice to see a little, little WHL, you know, connection there. Uh, number three overall, the Quebec Nordiques have that pick. And they are going to select Jeremy Roenick. JR, Jeremy Roenick is going to go third overall to the Quebec Nordiques. Jeremy Roenick, 513 goals, 703 assists. For 1,216 points, he is going to go number three overall again. Uh, le legend of the game, Jeremy Roenick is going to go number three overall. At number four, the Pittsburgh Penguins have that pick, and they are going to select Carolina Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore. Rod Brindamore. I actually didn't know. I didn't know that. Rod Brindamore was actually drafted by the St. Louis Blues. I didn't know that. Did he ever play? Okay. Okay. He played for... Actually, I'm surprised how... I actually had no idea that he played for St. Louis for a few years. Then he played basically for the 90s with the Philadelphia Flyers before finishing out his like final 10 years of his career with the uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes that actually kind of I didn't really yeah I didn't know that he I, I, I always thought he just played for the Carolina Hurricanes or the I thought he played for like the Hartford Whalers and then went into Carolina Hurricanes like played for a really really long time there so I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he actually was drafted by St. Louis, played for Philadelphia as well. Uh, but point, Rod Brindamore, absolute, uh, absolute legend. And uh, he's been a longtime coach for the Carolina Hurricanes uh, for quite a few years now. Uh, Rod Brindamore, yeah, he is going to go in our number four spot too. The Pittsburgh Penguins. So, well, Mario Lemieux, Rod Brindamore action going on up in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, number five, the Quebec Nordiques have that pick. And they are going to select 
Trevor Linden, Trevor Linden, Vancouver Canucks, and Medicine Hat Tigers legend, I believe. Yeah, Trevor Linden, uh, absolute Vancouver Canucks, absolute Vancouver Canucks legend. Um, yeah, I was with that Vancouver Canucks team during their run in 94, was part of the yeah, I came back to play for them in like the 2000s there. But yeah, um, Trevor Linden. Trevor Linden, absolute Vancouver Canucks legend. Also played for, uh, also played there for the New York Islanders for a bit too. Uh, Trevor Linden, 375 goals, 492 assists for 867 points. He is going to go in our number five spot. At number six, the Toronto Maple Leafs have that pick, and they are going to select Martin Jelena. Martin Jelena. Uh, he would have been, he scored the, what should have been the game winning, Stanley Cup game winning goal back in 2004 when that puck was in the net, but it didn't count for some reason. Uh, that would have been Calgary Flames would have won a cup. Jerome McGinley would have been able to lift the Stanley Cup. Oh, oh man, that that hurts. Martin Jelena, though. Martin Jelena, 309 goals, 351 assists for 660 points. He is going to go in our number six spot to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He is going to go in our number six spot. At number seven, the Los Angeles Kings have that pick. And they are going to select Curtis Lachison. Curtis Lachison is going to go number seven overall, seven overall to the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, let, let me see. Okay. 47 goals, 165 assists for 212 points. Curtis Lachesson is going to go in our number seven spot. At number eight, the Chicago Blackhawks have that pick. And they are going to select Darren Shannon. Darren Shannon. You start to get to the bottom half of this redraft. And it's like you don't recognize some of these names. 87 goals, 163 assists for 250 points in 506 games. And I should mention Curtis Lechesson was a defenseman. So that's why, despite, despite him having a lower point total, because he played more games, I factored that in. That's why I put, put Lechesson over Darren Shannon. Uh, yeah, he's going to go. Darren Shannon's going to go to the Chicago Blackhawks. At the number nine overall pick, the St. Louis Blues have that pick, and they are going to select Scott Pearson. Scott Pearson is going to go number nine overall to the St. Louis Blues. 56 goals, 42 assists for 98 points. He is going to go in our number nine spot. Now at number 10, the Winnipeg Jets have that pick. They originally took Timu Solani. Uh, but instead, they are going to select Daniel Doré. Daniel Doré only played 17 games in the NHL. Totaled two goals, three assists for five points. Now, let's recap the redraft. 
With the first overall pick, the Minnesota North Stars select Timu Solani. With the second overall pick, the Vancouver Canucks select Mike Madano. With the third overall pick, the Quebec Nordiques select Jeremy Roenick. With the fourth overall pick, the Pittsburgh Penguins select Rod Brindamore. With the fifth overall pick, the Quebec Nordiques select Trevor Linden. With the sixth overall pick, the Toronto Maple Leafs select Martin Jelena. With the seventh overall pick, the Los Angeles Kings select Curtis Lecheson. With the eighth overall pick, the Chicago Blackhawks select Darren Shannon. With the ninth overall pick, the St. Louis Blues select Scott Pearson. And with the 10th overall pick, the Winnipeg Jets select Daniel Doré. And that is the top 10, and that'll do it for the redraft. All right, so with the league standings changing quite a bit every year, I thought it'd be fun to go back um, past few years on this day, on this exact day, February 16th, and see where the standings stood. Who were the top teams? Where are those teams now, today, in in the standings? We'll go back. We'll go last year, two years ago. We might even go down to, like, you know, some of the mid-2010s, maybe. But, yeah, so as it stands right now, the Vancouver Canucks are the top team in the NHL. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Some other teams close behind are teams like Florida, Boston, Dallas, New York Rangers are some notable teams. Team that's dead last in the league right now is the Chicago Blackhawks. Now going a year back, a year back to February 16th, 2023. Uh, yeah, there's quite, quite a difference here. Uh, Boston is the top team and trailing close behind are teams like Carolina New Jersey and Toronto although you go not that far down and you see teams like New York and Dallas and Vegas and teams like that team that's dead last is the Chicago Blackhawks so nothing's really changed there San Jose is also down there in the bottom going back to two years ago going back to February 16th 2022 gonna go back to february 6 there we go february 16th 2022 we see the colorado avalanche on the top of the nhl standings florida tampa bay and pittsburgh pittsburgh are not that far behind uh carolina's also in there new york rangers so there's teams that are Teams like Dallas and Vancouver are sitting like right in the middle, middle of the league. A uh, last place team in the NHL is the Montreal Canadiens. Just a year, just a year after making the Stanley Cup final. It's interesting to see. Yeah, it's interesting to see teams like Dallas and Vancouver sitting where they are, being so high up just two years later. Going to 2020-2021, I don't know how this is going to actually look because it was kind of a... Keep in mind, this is pretty early in the 2020-21 season, uh, but the Toronto Maple Leafs are the league leaders at this point in time. There was only 16 games played at this point in the season. 
Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, Vegas, teams like that are are some of the top teams. Team that's uh, dead last is the Ottawa Senators, but again, still pretty early on in still pretty early on in the season there because it was COVID and all that. Going to 2019-20, this was yeah, this would have been a month before the pandemic. Uh, Boston. Boston has always seemed to be very high up the uh, last several years. Boston's always been a good team, I feel like. In, in my lifetime, Boston, it seems like they've, they've always been good. Uh, but, yeah, Boston is on top, top of the league. Tampa Bay, Washington, and Pittsburgh are not that far behind. But, yeah, so... Teams like that, let me see. I'm going to go down here. The last place team is the Detroit Red Wings by quite a bit. Detroit was not good that year, I remember. I remember there being a lot of... Yeah, let me see where some other team. Dallas is up there. Yeah, we're going to go back to 2018-19. See how the standings... I'm trying to think, 2018-19, who won the cup that year? Oh, the St. Louis Blues won it that year. St. Louis Blues, I remember there. Where are they sitting in the... They're 15th because I remember they were like almost dead last in the league in like January. And then Jordan Binnington came in and, you know, just their their fortunes changed. And then they were able to go on the run they did and were able to win the cup against the Boston Bruins in game seven there. Let's see, top team in the league was the Tampa Bay Lightning by quite a bit. They went on to a dominant regular season before. They proceeded to get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Calgary's up there too. Calgary's up. San Jose is up, up here as well. Uh, some interesting teams, seeing teams like San Jose, Calgary, just five years later being near the bottom the bottom of the standings, New York Islanders and the Winnipeg Jets are not that far behind. Boston's up there. Toronto's up there. Yeah, last place team was the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators, they had a... It, it's tough because, like, they had a tough time after... They had a really tough time after they lost Game 7 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then just things went downhill from them. One game away from the Cup Final. Going back to February 2018, it was the Tampa Bay Lightning and Vegas Golden Knights. Very, Tampa Bay was on top of the league. Vegas Golden Knights were one point behind, though. Boston is up there. Nashville, the Nashville Predators. Yes, because they won the President's Trophy that year, I believe. Because they won it the year after making the Cup Finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Winnipeg Jets are up there. Toronto Maple Leafs have been up there. For several several years, um, Pittsburgh's eleventh, and last place team was the Arizona Coyotes. I think we're gonna go back as far as 2013-14, um, and kind of compare where the where the team stands because ten years back, that's you know, there's a lot of turnover in those ten years. 2016-17. 
Uh, the Washington Capitals were on top of the league. The Minnesota Wild were not far behind, though. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins were not that far behind. Penguins won their second straight cup that year. Chicago Blackhawks up here, too. They're six. San Jose's seventh. Montreal's eighth. These teams that are kind of in the bottom half of the league being so high up. I'm surprised actually Ottawa is 12th considering they were one of the they made it pretty far that year. That year and Colorado. This caught me. Colorado Avalanche are the last place team in the league by quite a bit too. So just as much as fortunes can go up for your franchise, fortunes can go down. We've seen it go both ways. Ottawa Senators, they're now near like the bottom. Um, Chicago, San Jose at the bottom. But a team like Colorado, just a few years later, would win the Stanley Cup. Going back to 2015-16. And yeah, February 16th, 2016. 2016 was a good time. 2016 was a great year for sports. Um, Washington Capitals were on top of the league. Washington Capitals, they had the stretch where they won a bunch of President's Trophies, but never won the Cup. This was, they couldn't get past the second round in Sidney Crosby. Um, yeah, Washington, Dallas, Stars were not that far behind. I'm trying to think where they, I don't even really remember them making it that far those years, but... I'm trying to think. They always were kind of in the playoffs. I don't remember them ever making like a deep run or anything like that. Chicago Blackhawks were not not far behind either. Florida Panthers had a pretty good year that year too. But they fell to the New York Islanders in the first round. That was the year John Tavares scored the OT winner for them. uh, To propel the Islanders past the first round for the first time since 1993. And the last place team in the league, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers were both at the bottom. Uh, so yeah, Toronto, this was the year they got they got Austin Matthews the year after. And then Toronto became a consistent presence near the top of the league. Got two more years to go that we are going to go through. 2014-15, uh, Connor McDavid would get uh, drafted this upcoming summer and the Nashville Predators sit on top of the league on February 16th 2015 Nashville Predators the Montreal Canadiens were not that far behind St. Louis Blues some good yeah some Chicago seventh Chicago won their third cup in five years that year yeah Tampa Bay's up there and go and look to the bottom of the league. The Buffalo Sabres were the last place team. Uh, they were leading the Connor McDavid sweepstakes, which they would lose to the Edmonton Oilers in the draft lottery. Now we're going back one final year, one final year, 2013 14. And on February 16th, 2014, the Anaheim Ducks sit on top of the league. They are the top team in the league. St. Louis Blues and the Chicago Blackhawks not far behind. St. Louis Blues and Chicago Blackhawks had a great rivalry during this era. The Penguins were not that far behind. 
Colorado's up here. Toronto, I'm actually surprised. Toronto's like 10th in the league right now. I don't think they they didn't make the playoffs that year. Um, yeah, let's see who Montreal, Tampa Bay is up here. The last place team in the league was the Buffalo Sabres once again. It's quite interesting to see teams like Anaheim, St. Louis, and Chicago all be the top three teams. But we look at today, and they are near they are near the near the bottom. You look at teams like Edmonton and Florida, who sit in the bottom of the league, ten years later being at the at the top of the league. But you know what? That's that's the great thing about this league is any team can be good at any time. There's no like sort of you know, I don't really feel like with the salary cap, it keeps things it keeps things very fair and it it prevents the big market teams from running the league. And I think you see that in other sports like I'm seeing it in baseball. Like look at the free agency. Look at like look at Shohei Otani, the biggest superstar in the in baseball signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers Juan Soto's another big name he went to the New York Yankees Los Angeles New York rule those rule those leagues as far as like you know they because they've, they've always been good like it doesn't really feel like they've ever really been bad um I think I think uh, NFL is a bit more like NFL I think they have a sal salary cap there but yeah, you you see kind of you see those dynasties forming, I guess. Um, but those dynasties are coming from anywhere. I feel like, yeah. And uh, NBA, like look at LA Lakers have had so many titles, so many stars. Uh, Boston is what well. like so. Yeah, my point is, it, it's nice how this league. It keeps it keeps things fair. Any team can be good at any any time. Team that could be near the bottom could be at the top the next year. A team that's at the top one year could be at the bottom in a few years, few years time. It's the cycle. It's the cycle. So yeah, I thought it'd be fun to just look back and see see what the standings you know told through the years on this day. February 16th. All right, now we're going to move into another edition of the 10. So let's get right into it. There's quite a few changes to this uh, the 10 ranking this week. We're going to dive right into it with our number 10 team being the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets are going to just sneak into the top 10. Uh, they haven't been they haven't been playing great hockey as of late, but you know what? They've won the last couple games. Uh, they are going to sneak into our to our top ten. Um, yeah, number nine we have the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they're four, five, and one in their last ten games, but they will make our top 10 because they've been playing some good hockey for most of the season. 
Number eight, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes have found found their way into to our top ten the last couple weeks. Carolina Hurricanes, they're they're playing a bit better hockey uh, the second half of the season. I'm feeling. Carolina Hurricanes will make it into our number eight spot. At number seven, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning. They're seven and three in their last ten games. Tampa Bay Lightning. They're playing some good hockey as of late. I like how they've been playing. I wasn't really expecting them to be, you know, where they are. But you know, you still got that core. You still got Kucherov. You still Kucherov's been playing phenomenal this season. You got Stamkos. You know, you still have you know you still have your core uh, from those two Stanley Cup winning teams. At number six, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they bounced back last couple weeks, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 games. Vegas Golden Knights will go in our number six spot. At number five, we have the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins were our number one team last week, I believe. But they since then, this past week, they have lost all three of their games this week. So the Boston Bruins are going to slide down to the number five spot. But they have been, for most of the season, one of the top teams. So they, for me, still in that top five. Uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll bounce back next week. At number four, we have the New York Rangers. Uh, they are 7-2-1 in their last 10 games. They're on a six-game winning streak. They have been playing some great, great hockey. They are going to go in our number four spot. At number three, we have the Florida Panthers. They're 8-2 in their last 10 games. The Florida Panthers, they have been playing some great Great hockey all season. I was not expecting the Florida Panthers to be where they are right now at this point in the season. You know, but they're showing their Cinderella run. It was not a fluke. It was not a fluke. Not a fluke at all. They're on a four-game winning streak as well. So the Florida Panthers are going to go in our number three spot. At number two, we have the Dallas Stars. 8-1-1 one one in their last 10 games uh dallas stars they have been playing some great great consistent hockey i don't know if they've been I, I don't even it doesn't really seem like they've ever really been bad at a certain point in the season they have been playing good consistent hockey and that's what you want in a that's what you want in a cup contender a consistent consistent team dallas stars are that consistent and at number one we have the Vancouver Canucks. They have won their last three games since losing to the Boston Bruins. 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 games. They are, the, uh, they are the hottest team in hockey right now. The Vancouver Canucks. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But here we are. Vancouver Canucks uh, sit number one on, on our 10. So let's recap the 10. At number 10, we have the Winnipeg Jets. At number 9, we have the Colorado Avalanche. 
At number eight, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. At number seven, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning. At number six, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. At number five, we have the Boston Bruins. At number four, we have the New York Rangers. At number three, we have the Florida Panthers. At number two, we have the Dallas Stars. And at number one, we have the Vancouver Canucks. And that'll do it for the 10. And that'll do it for this episode of the Puck House Podcast. If you want to get updates on the podcast, as well as get some bonus content, you could follow the Puck House over on Instagram, Twitter, X, YouTube, and TikTok. Now, Super Bowl was uh, this past past week. I was mentioning it last week on the podcast. And the Chiefs won, Kansas City Chiefs won, if you missed it phenomenal game one of the one of the bet the first half was kind of bit boring halftime show with usher wasn't quite what i was expecting then you got to the second half and the second half was just was just incredible i was on i was on edge the whole the whole time whole second half they're very exciting very exciting finish there with uh with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs winning in overtime. I, I did say the Kansas City Chiefs were going to win it. Mahomes has his third ring now. Yeah, it was a great, great, great game there. There's a lot of talk about San Francisco's decision to receive the ball first. I'm not going to get into it too much because th- this is a hockey podcast, but yeah, it was it wasn't a great decision by them, but yeah. So I just wanted to mention that at the end of this podcast here. Uh, until next time, goodbye.